All right, this week we learned of a COVID-19 outbreak at a long-term care home right here in Kamloops. It is the second outbreak we've seen in a care home in the city since the pandemic began. This latest one is occurring at the Brocklehurst Gemstone Care Center on Tronquille Road. As of the latest information we have, a dozen confirmed cases of the virus in residence at the 130-bed facility, as well as another two staff members as well. Now, the province's seniors advocate is looking into all care homes in the province, but specifically those that failed to contain outbreaks and face devastating consequences as a result. So to speak more to all of this, please to welcome to the program now the B.C. senior advocate, Isabel McKenzie. Isabel, how are you today? Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for the time. So I wanted to start by looking at kind of this issue as a whole. At the height of the first wave of COVID-19, there were 24 care homes with an outbreak being declared uh, at one time. And at the height of wave two, we've now seen more than twice that number. As of yesterday, there were 52 active outbreaks in long-term care and assisted living involving 1,450 residents and more than 770 staff with active cases right now. That's like almost 50% of active cases in the province how concerned are you about what's happening? It feels like, you know, we're not making a ton of progress when it comes to those in long-term care and assisted living. No, it's very concerning, Jeff. Um, British Columbia's wave two has been a very different experience than wave one. Other parts of the country, Ontario, Quebec, they had horrific wave ones and they're having very challenging wave twos as well. But the difference is not as stark as British Columbia between uh, wave one and wave two. And no, nowhere is that more evident than we look at what is happening in long-term care. Wave one, effectively, there were no outbreaks other than in the lower mainland. And now we have had outbreaks in every health authority uh, in the province and multiple outbreaks in some of the health authorities. So clearly, we're seeing uh, the compounding effect of a number of things, including increased community spread, and I think a growing uh, recognition or challenge with asymptomatic transmission and the effectiveness of some of our protocols in the context of asymptomatic transmission and high community uh, prevalence of the virus. Now, how long have you kind of been contemplating this investigation, if you will, into long-term care across the province? I imagine this has been on your radar for a little bit now. Well, it's, I, I would describe it as a review um, rather than an investigation per se. Okay. And I think that uh, clearly this office was going to be reviewing a number of things uh, that seniors were impacted by from the pandemic. Uh, we've done some preliminary um, reviews at, at different points in the pandemic. I think as we've experienced wave two as a reminder that you can't draw conclusions of how successful you've been until you're you're on the other side of the pandemic. Um, I think uh, there are definitely some issues for uh, seniors living in the community. Those we will be looking at as well. But as it relates to long-term care, I think what we need to be able to do is learn from our experience. Why did we do so much better in wave one than wave two? Uh, a large part of that inevitably will be linked to the lower community transmission, but there may be some other factors. And I think what's really important to understand when we look at what is happening in our care homes in wave two is why are some of these outbreaks getting so out of control? Not all of them are, Jeff. So that's important. If every outbreak, uh, once the virus was in, it spread like wildfire, that would lead to one set of conclusions. 
But what we're seeing is that that doesn't happen in every outbreak. And really, when you look at wave one, we were able to contain the outbreaks much more successfully than we have been able to in wave two. And so we want to know why and why, for example, in the lower mainland, where it's the same level of community uh, prevalence of the virus, why are we seeing some care homes experiencing an outbreak, multiple outbreaks, some experiencing no outbreaks, some outbreaks being limited to one case or I had, you know, two or three cases and other outbreaks galloping out of con- control and being uncontained. We need to, we need to look at what are the, uh, what are the variables? Was there anything that would predict a, uh, an outbreak would be contained versus uncontained? And what can we learn going forward for future pandemics? How how long do you think this review is going to take? I mean, we're talking about thousands of, of facilities here, so I imagine this might take quite some time, but I'm, ho- I'm assuming you're hoping to get these answers, you know, sooner than later, um, you know, to be able to have an impact as we continue to go through this second wave. I think the reality is the review likely uh, will not have an impact uh, on the second wave because we anticipate within the next eight weeks every resident and care provider in long-term care will be vaccinated. What I think could be making a difference in long-term care right now is to re-examine our testing strategy, particularly in high-risk settings like long-term care with asymptomatic uh, staff and the new tools we have, the, the rapid testing, uh, particularly the PanBio rapid test, which I think we have about 800,000 of them here in BC that have yet to be deployed. And from what I understand, the new guidelines from Health Canada that allow that test uh, to be just a nasal swab versus a nasal pharyngeal swab, which reduces the complexity of, of doing that as a, a daily or every other day uh, rapid test. I think that could have an immediate impact on reducing the degree to which an outbreak will spread. So if we take Brocklehurst, for example, I don't know uh, what at this moment in time is happening on the ground at Brocklehurst, but certainly the ability to test uh, the staff every day so that you can catch the person at the point they're beginning to shed the virus and be contagious and remove them from their shift would be pivotal. What we're doing now is we, uh, our testing strategy is based on we don't test you unless you show symptoms and we know that asymptomatic transmission may be be the the result of 40% of our cases. When there's an outbreak, we do test uh, staff who are not symptomatic based on uh, exposure, um, based on their use of PPE. There's not a uniform uh, application. And the testing is also using the PCR test, which is not a test that you do every day. It, it, it is a very, very good test, and it's highly effective at testing if you it, confirming that you have the virus. But the, the challenge with this virus, Jeff, is you could be infected with COVID-19. We could test you, and you're negative in the testing because your viral load hasn't built to the level where the test uh, is sensitive to and at some point in time you're going to tip over and your viral load is going to re- meet a certain threshold and you're going to become contagious and we may not be testing you until the next day or the d- two days or three days after that 
And that's why uh, employing and deploying uh, these rapid tests uh, certainly as a screening tool and absolutely as a screening tool in outbreaks I think could help us uh, immediately with because we're still going to see some outbreaks over the next eight weeks mm-hmm. uh, po- on for maybe even ten weeks while we get this vaccination rolled out because we know um, if you are infected with the virus uh, vaccinating you is not necessarily going to prevent you from um, experiencing serious illness and it's not going to necessarily present prevent you from infecting another person who isn't vaccinated so it, we still have things that we can and should be doing while we get uh, the vaccination rolled out and I will say that the vaccination program does appear to be going very well um, and I think that that is something that that gives us all hope I'm glad to hear that it is going well. I'm here with BC Senior Advocate Isabel McKenzie. I wanted to uh, double back a little bit on the issue uh, of testing. And you talked about, uh, you know, sort of why you would like to see people tested more frequently, which I think makes a whole lot of sense. And I think you've been on record as kind of being um, a little annoyed about the fact that we see, you know, professional athletes, hockey players being able to be tested on a daily basis, yet those in our long-term care homes, those healthcare workers on the front lines are not being able to receive sort of that, that same level of of testing capacity um you know do you think that it is available right now to begin to be able to test people on a on a you know if not every day every other day kind of basis it is available the the testing of the hockey players and the athletes um i don't think it was every day that's a regime where people were routinely tested using actually the pcr test um and they i believe were tested twice a week the rapid test which has been approved by uh health canada the id or not the id pardon me the abbott pan bio actually the id now has been approved as well it's a different rapid test Mm -hmm. bc has had those we have those tests now i i believe we have somewhere in the neighborhood of of eight or nine hundred thousand of the tests here Uh, and we've had those tests uh, since uh, here in BC since November and they've been approved for use by uh, Health Canada they've been approved for use as a screening test as a screening for asymptomatic people it's not approved it's, it's not a good diagnostic test for asymptomatic people but that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about screening our staff if not on a daily basis every other day because you have to do it fairly frequently with these rapid tests Um, to make sure that uh, it's an added layer of detection or protection that they uh, uh, use in addition to their PPE, in addition to their health screening, to try and and identify as many cases of COVID-19, given that we know many people either don't show symptoms or their symptoms are so mild they don't recognize them. And when your testing strategy is based on we only test people who have symptoms, you're going to miss all these people. And when it's staff at long-term care, that is a very significant um, uh, consequence to missing a case of COVID because the person does not present with symptoms sufficient enough to, to trigger their request for a test. Uh, 
I'll get you out of here on this, Isabel. Um, lots of interesting stuff there in that last response and, and throughout the course of, of our conversation here. But I did want to ask just about uh, concerns within the interior right now. And, um, you know, like I mentioned off the top, and you have mentioned here throughout as well, the uh, outbreak that we're seeing at, at Brocklehurst here in Kamloops, our second uh, declared outbreak at a long-term care facility within our community here. But uh, just wondering, you know, we're seeing cases decline in Vancouver Coastal Health, and we're seeing cases decline in Fraser Health um, really since the... The, the implementation of some of the stronger um, guidelines being put in for, for COVID-19 measures, making sure people are, are spending less time, um, you know, in, in groups and, and, you know, canceling adult rec sports, all those kinds of provisions that have been put in place. We've seen cases decline in the mainland, but we've seen cases increase throughout that time in interior health. Are you worried about what uh, the potential lies ahead here in NIH? I mean, you mentioned that the vaccination program is going pretty well. We're hoping in, in you know, 10 weeks from now, uh, everyone within long-term care and assisted living is vaccinated and we can kind of move past that issue. But there must be a concern here about what the next two months might hold. There is, because I think what we've seen throughout this pandemic, and, and this was what we were told at the beginning by our public health officials, is that uh, these sort of hot spots uh, will uh, develop through the course of the pandemic. Not every community will be a hot spot simultaneously. Uh, one will be a hot spot and then another and then another. And that we, we've seen that, and we're seeing it yet again, whereas you've identified um, cases are uh, stable in fact, dropping in communities like Fraser Health, and yet they're uh, escalating in other communities, for example, like Interior Health, where, you know, one outbreak, one cluster uh, can have a profound impact. And that's why it's important to remember that, yes, we are getting the vaccine out. Yes, we can clearly see um, how we're going to be able to, to much more effectively protect long-term care, but we're not there yet. And between now and then, um, we need to take every possible action we can take, and I would argue that includes rapid testing, uh, to try and reduce the probability of an outbreak in a care home, and more precisely because the, uh, the rapid test won't prevent the outbreak if you're declaring it based on one test case. What it will prevent is that outbreak from spreading from uh, the infected staff person to other staff and other residents. In wave one, the majority of our outbreaks were contained to a single person, mostly a staff person. That is dramatically not the story we're hearing in wave two. We're seeing most of our outbreaks are spreading. We're not containing them the way we did in wave one. And one of the ways we can contain, obviously proper use of PPE, but rapid test, getting those infected staff off the roster as soon as possible is also going to help reduce the likelihood that they can transmit the virus to yet more people and staff even during an outbreak. Isabel, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really appreciate you doing this. I look forward to seeing what comes of this review of all uh, care homes across the province as well. So hopefully we can connect once that uh, review has been completed. But really appreciate the time today and uh, have a great weekend. Okay, thanks so much, Jeff. All right, there you go. There's BC's senior advocate, Isabel McKenzie.